0: Hey guys princess here and welcome to another episode of by pumpkin um so uh, what's been going on well this week if you are a member of patreon you got an episode on oh a face to die for i had a sponsored episode so i did so basically i retell you the story of a face to die for um, from my perspective, I actually don't even know if that's what happened in the movie, even though I just watched a movie because I'm just doing my retelling. I had a lovely time. I laughed a lot at myself at the end. I was like, damn, I'm sorry. This is over. So if you're a member of Patreon, go listen to that. If you're not go be a member, you can go to patreon.com backslash buy pumpkin. And it's five bucks a month. And you get a weekly bonus episode. Sometimes people sponsor episodes. So they dictate to the content. But other times I'm doing one-offs, I'm doing documentaries. Um, last week, so um, so last one I did was a face to die for. Before that, someone asked me to lay out how to be a foster parent. I did an episode where I just only talked about advice I would give you starting off being a foster parent. That's fun. I have a Married to Medicine episode coming up. I have a, uh, I was gonna say Dance Moms, I got a black dance moms, <laughs> which is bring it, um, episode coming up. I got a Tian Tamara episode coming up. Good stuff, fun stuff, um, that we can talk about and, you know, try it over there. Also this week is the first week of the month. So my princess diaries, Patreon subscribers got an episode where I talked about, um, Halloween, our day of dead, our day of the dead, um, uh, celebration. Um, I talked about, um, some things that are going on with some of my adopted kids bio uh, families. I talked I do end up crying because I was talking, because when I was talking about day of dead, I was talking about some of some relatives that died. Um, and I give a PSA about washing machines, I think. Yeah. Fun stuff. Uh, so you can also, that's also at patreon.com backslash pumpkin. Once, if you sign up for the princess diaries tier, which is $10 a month, um, you, you get a bonus episode every week where the same ones, the, the $5 ones get, and you get an extra episode a month where I just talk about my own fucking life. And some people like that. So, and maybe you're one of them. So th- check it out. Anything else I want to talk about? No, not really. You know, guys, I'm just like getting ready for the holidays. Um, I'm actually, my mom, Thanksgiving of 2023, my mom want, is renting a house in Nags Head. So that's a year away from now, but she has, but it's a popular house and she rents it all the time and she wants to, she put the money down for it. So what? She, it's, it's, it sleeps 22 people and, um, she wants me, my family of seven, um, and my brothers who have a family of three, a family of five and another family of three, um, to all come down and my, and my parents to all come down with all the grandchildren. And cause my father wants all the grandchildren in one place at one time which is not which is hard to do. Um one of my brothers is stationed in Korea, the other one moved to Germany, and another one lives in actually he's he's in western mass now. So um he went to college there and never came back. And so um and I'm in Texas and my parents are in southern Virginia on the coast. Um and so what they I mean they go to North Carolina all the time, but um what they want us all to do is come together. Which is fine, right? My mom's been starting to do this for a while. Um, the week of Thanksgiving is fine. Nobody's going to school. I can swing not being off work. So can my husband. Um, I come the farthest. I just said I come the farthest and one of my kid, one of them's coming from Korea. No, he will be back in the States by then. So, depending on where he's stationed, I still think I'm gonna end up coming the farthest. Oh, maybe he's gonna be in Washington State again. Maybe, I don't know. And... But I'm going and it's fine. So here's the deal. It costs $4,500 for the week. You can only rent it for the week. Um, my mom loves this house. She, like I said, she rents this house all the time. And sometimes it's just a bunch of ladies. Sometimes it's a bunch of couples, but she does all the time. And Saturday, you can only rent it like Saturday to Saturday. And it is very close to the beach, but it's going to be November. So going to the beach is just going to be like showing my kids and walking around, not actually going in the water. It has like pools and jacuzzis and it has seven master bedrooms. And like it's a, it's a great house, but it's forty five hundred dollars for the week. That's a lot of money. And my mom is deter- my dad is, is and my mom are determined to pay for half of it and have already done that and if we and then she would like each of the families to to put in right and if we divide that by person it's $250 for the whole thing i guess i hope i don't know if my numbers are right um and for my family of 7 that'd be 1750 okay a week vacation there are outlets there there's tons of shit to do it's also only 40 minutes away from where my parents live um so and also my husband some of his family lives there too so we could go visit with them it's every bedroom has a balcony so uh like there's lots of room there's you know game room there's lots of places for you to fucking be right so it's a, it is going to be a vacation is it worth it yeah it's worth it um, it will have to be the big vacation for next year. But here's something my mother then told me, all right? I don't know why the fuck she told me this, because she knows I am so fucking petty. She knows I am. Like, she needs to like think about what she's about to say to me before she says it. Because once you say it, you can't unsay it. So she she's actually willing to pay for the whole thing. And so what she has decided is that she will let each of the children know like that listen, I've already paid for half of it and I and if you could like let me know how much you'll be willing to contribute, okay. And people will pay what they say they're willing to contribute. Now I know how much it costs, so I'm gonna contribute you 1750. Okay, that's what I'm gonna contribute. But my mom is saying that, if one of my brothers is like, oh, I can only contribute $10, that she's, that's going to be fine. And that ain't going to be fine with me. <laughs> it's not going to be fine with me. <laughs> and she also does not want me to go from room to room asking all the people how much they contributed when I get there. Even the children. My seven-year-old niece, how much did you pay to be here? I can't whip up on Yeah, but how much did you pay before you got here? Nothing? Interesting. Interesting. I know you're seven. Still interesting. So (laughs) I have to come the furthest because I believe my brother that lives in Korea now will be in Northern Virginia. He might be in Washington State, but I'm pretty sure he's going to be in Northern Virginia. My brother that lives in Germany. Doesn't fucking count because he's not even going to bring his kids. My parents are going to bring his kids. All he has to do is fly his dumb ass over. I, I don't know why I call him dumb. He Because he dumb. But still, all he has to do is fly his ass over. And then he'll probably stay at my parents' house who will then put him in his backseat of their car and drive him. And then my youngest brother does have to f- drive from Western Mass. He's a teacher. So, he's broke. Uh, so <laughs> not broke but I'm saying he's a teacher and he has three kids and so I know so not only do everybody else is going to be have access to their cars I will not have access to my car I'll have to rent a car for a week a minivan I have to board my dogs because my dogs are not welcome no matter what um actually I was thinking there was a a. an a proposed thing then which I would have to stay with my mom for a week and the dogs would be with me. And my mom said, well, well they can't be here. You know, they you can't have pets here. And I was like, why are you acting like you rent this house? You own it. What do you mean? Well, she said, well, they said you can't have pets. They? Aren't you they? Isn't this your house? And she was like, yeah. And they say you can't have pets here. <laughs> and so like... <laughs> So have to board my dogs. I have to fly seven people. And I'm probably gonna get a hell of a deal because you guys know what I'm like. I, I always make a dollar and a 15 cents. So like, I know I'm gonna get a hell of a deal because I'm gonna be stalking. But it's Thanksgiving week, okay? Okay. So I gotta fly my family there. I gotta rent a minivan while I'm there. I'm assuming I'm, gonna pay seven, I'm, I'm going to pay seventeen $17.50 because I'm going to pay my way. But I'm assuming you want me to help pay for the Thanksgiving meal, the groceries. I'm not cooking shit. I don't even want to cook shit at my house. And the only reason to be around family for Thanksgiving is to not have to cook anything. So I, I hope nobody thought I was going to cook anything because I'm not. It's fine. My mom loves to cook. My dad is a big cook. My husband is a big cook. Like these people are gonna be, they these are the type of people to be like, come try my food. Like I make food, and don't get me wrong, my kids love my fucking food. My husband loves my food. I feel like I do good meals. I get recipes that I like. I try them out. And I see how everybody feels. And I and about last year, maybe the year before, I was like, I don't make enough vegetables. I do make vegetables, but I often like rely on put all my all my stuff into the into the protein, and then. I'll have, like, rice or a steamed pack of vegetables. So I was like, I just, do I know how to cook carrots? Like, just carrots and just green beans. So I went on this journey of finding different recipes for just vegetables. And, baby, I make some bomb-ass green beans. People beg for green beans for me. They beg for carrots for me. I I feel like I'm fine. But that said, I, so why, why? In my early 20s, I would've told you I don't know how to cook. But while I know I know how to cook and I know how to cook from scratch, I know how to cook. um, I have recipes I can make without looking at them. I can make shit without even thinking about it. Great. Am I a person that cooks things and shows up places and be like, you gotta eat this? Never, never. I don't do potlucks. People, I made baked potato soup for my family while they were not feeling under the weather. And people are like, oh, princess, can you please make baked potato soup? No. No. Why would I do that? I I make, I make food because I'm hungry and because if I don't feed my children, CPS will take them. I, for no other reason. So, and I only participate in cooking on Thanksgiving because it's only me and my husband. And he usually, he usually has to work the, the evening before Thanksgiving. So really, he's starting his turkey if... He forces me to make my mom's cornbread dressing, which has three kinds of fucking meat in it. Um, it's, so I make that. Um, what else do I usually make? I'll make whatever he's like, can you make this? I'll make it. But do I want to? Fuck no. So I will not be cooking anything. Uh, I'm on vacation. I paid a lot of money to be here. And <laughs> and are you tell? are you asking me to put in on the Thanksgiving groceries? that. So I asked my mom that today. She was like, oh, well, why are you always so worried about? Because, because I know that y'all gonna be like, well, the Thanksgiving groceries were $400. <laughs> and I'm gonna be like, $400 where? My mom's gonna be like, it's gonna be 19 people. Don't act like it. it's not gonna cost some money. Fine. And then you're gonna be like, well, 400 divided by 19 Times seven, yeah. Here's, Wouldn't it be funny if I show up to this trip with no children and then I was like, oh, I'm only paying for two people. Wouldn't that be funny? Maybe I'll board my children too. Mm-hmm. You ever thought about that? <laughs> and the other problem, I told my mother how much money I made because she was a part, because I, was t- I talked to my mother every day and during some of my salary negotiations, we were talking about what I was asking for and I got it. So she thinks I can afford it. (laughs) That's the other thing. And I told her how much I make on the podcast. That was a mistake because then she said that uh, she needs to get a percentage of it because I talk a lot about her and she's probably a draw to the podcast. One, she's not a fucking draw to the podcast. I'm a draw to the podcast. And what I'm talking about is my childhood traumas. You owe me money for that, okay? I should be suing you, all right? So because of that, she's like, you got seven jobs. I'm like, oh my God. See, I should shut the fuck up sometimes. Because of that, she thinks I can afford it. So, you know, I always make a dollar out of 15 cents. I am dividing the amount. You know, I know a lot of people, I think more people are talking about it, especially on TikTok and other spaces about how, women do so much more of the emotional labor of the home. And it's not just women who work, women who, uh, manage the household women, women manage much more of the household. And it's not just like, Oh, you have to make a dinner at night, but you have to meal plan and you have to make sure you grocery shop for it. You have to Um, Taking into account the likes and and dislikes of everyone in the house. I don't make food my family dislikes and then get mad at them for not eating it. Cheeks doesn't eat spicy food. He just don't do that. And and everybody else loves spicy. Begging to put hot sauce on things, but he doesn't. So if I'm making something that's going to be spicy, I need to account for him. This is part, this is the gig, okay? I plan out Christmas. I always do every year. I plan on Thanksgiving, I plan out Halloween, I plan out all the trips, and this is emotional labor. Now, the reason I do it is because I fucking love the project manage. I fucking love it. I love to get to open my little notebook and get up and get a new and get a fresh new page. Put the top uh Thanksgiving dinner goals, put the goals of what I want to happen, start <laughs> tasks. Dates. I love doing shit like that. This is what I was made for. I was made to implement processes, but I project manage, <laughs> and then other people need to do the things. I'm, I'm, I'm top level. I'm looking. I, I'm big picture person. Now who gonna make these fucking yams? Cause it ain't gonna be me. So, so the reason that I do like my husband. I've gotten, I've actually bought most of, I've, I've, I I think I'm done with Christmas shopping. I've at least a few more things and then I need to buy, my kids are still awake. Um, I said I can go to sleep when this podcast is, when I finish recording the podcast. Um, I need to buy a TV for my older boys. So I'm waiting for a sale and I'm buying everyone a bike this year. So, um, I know from experience that on Black Friday, um, I could just go online and buy a bike, buy a bunch of bikes, and it's fine. And they're all they'll be fucking thirty dollars. There'll be nothing, so that I'm waiting to hold off on that. Oh, and I need to buy myself a new iPad because uh, Bunny doesn't know this, what Bunny's gonna get. She's supposed to get her iPad when she turns ten. Everyone's a, that everyone gets that at their birthday. Bunny's been having some maturity issues, some um, just some like we need to make better decision issues. And so like when we do these milestones, you get an iPad, you get a phone, you get to do this, you get to do that. They're based on your maturity. Like what, what, what kind of maturity do you show? Um, bunny can't play out front by herself because when she's unsupervised, she has a hard time remembering the rules. She remembers them perfectly when you're looking at her. When you're not looking at her, she don't remember the rules. And so right now she's trying to build back up to that. Um, so like when I leave to go grocery shopping or what it, whatever it is that I'm leaving the house for like I had a, a lash appointment today so the kids my husband was asleep because he's got he has to work in the evenings and so the kids were turtle was watching everyone for about two hours which is it's about as long as I maybe three it's just as long as I want him to watch people also I pay him he's not a parent it's not it's not his job to watch all these children but um. So she and I have talked about our plan and that is if you, I will know you're ready to play out front by yourself when I leave you in the care of your older brother and you do the same things you would do if I was here. If you start arguing or you hit somebody or I don't know you make your younger brother cry or you say something really mean because you're having big feelings and you want everyone else to feel bad too. Yeah. There are certain rules. If you, if suddenly I'm gone and, and and you think you don't have to follow those rules anymore, yeah, you're not ready to go out there. So it's things like that. It's it's uh, we're we're having maturity stuff, and so she's not getting it on her birthday. She already knows that because she is. Her birthday's at the end of this month. She's planning some things. She's she's trying to work up to it. Don't and and we talk about it quite a bit, and she will tell me what her plans are for the day and what her hopes are and stuff. And, and she's making great progress. So what I plan to do is I plan to not give it to her for her birthday and to give it to her for Christmas, which is a month later. So, but here's the deal. When my kids get an iPad, they get my old iPad. I get a new iPad. What the fuck I look like buying a new iPad for somebody who don't want a no job? <laughs> and this is why I don't call what I do gentle parenting. <laughs> no, I just don't like the name. I But... Conscious parenting is exactly what I always set out to do. Um, I don't always succeed and I forgive myself for that. And I give myself space to fail and and not be worthless. I, I don't always succeed. I'm a yeller. I grew up with a lot of loud women. And all we do is yell. When my mother and her sisters are in a fucking room, the roof will come off that bitch. They love to yell. Not even mad. They just talking loud as fuck. And I'm a loud talker too. So even if I'm not mad, I'm yelling because I just, you know, I'd be yelling. So, but you know, I do the best I can with what I have and I make mistakes. When I make mistakes, I call myself out. I apologize for said mistakes. I try to make, a, I try to do with, I, I do a natural solution to those mistakes. Um, which is, and I model that for my children and that's also what I do with my children. So it actually works out really well. Um, bunny was doing, (laughs) bunny, we got our library hall. So we're looking at books. We're looking at, um, my kids read for school and it's, they use this program, advanced reader. So you got to look on there to see how many points you get. So at the end, you take a quiz on it and certain quizzes, you can get like eight points, but certain ones are only one. And we're trying to figure out which books they want to read and stuff. And then the little ones are trying to figure out which books they want me to read to them. So we got these the book haul, they're looking at stuff and they're, I think it's something called like Julian Wants to be a Mermaid. And it's a story of a little black boy I believe we haven't finished I haven't read it yet but just from like looking at the covers in the the description it's about a little black boy raised by his grandmother who he wants to be a mermaid and he's practicing in the pool at the YMCA and different things um it specifically says mermaid and Bunny kept being like he can't be a mermaid he has to be a merman and I was like it says mermaid Okay. And there's probably a reason for that. We'll figure it out once we read the book. And she's like, uh, uh-huh, uh, uh-huh. but it needs to say merman. And I was like, yeah, it says. This. And then I was like, can you stop saying that? Cause she said it like three more times. I was like, can you stop saying that? So, cause I'm trying to, I'm trying to talk to your brothers about the little ones about like this book that we're going to read. And they're like looking at pictures and trying to like, yes, that's a, that's actually like a really good, um, exercise to do with emerging readers is before we start the book they guess what it's going to be about and when they guess what it's going to be about then at the end we talk about whether they were right or wrong how it was different things like that because like you could be a great reader that doesn't do shit for you in school and doesn't do shit for you in testing you have to be able to extract the information from the reading And be able to retell the story. Being able to retell the story is important. Being able to predict things. Being able to, um, yeah, this is is all a part of, like, it's not just the reading. It's also all these little things. So I'm like trying to have this conversation. She keeps interrupting me to try to correct me. And I've told her several times that that's what it says. And we're going to read the book and we're going to figure out why it says mermaid. And it must've said, she must've like, she like okay, so she stopped. She did it several times and she I asked her to stop twice and she she finally stopped and then she waited like two minutes and goes. But I thought it was gonna be merman and I, <laughs> I said shut up bunny <laughs> really loudly. <laughs> two things are wrong with that. I'm yelling and As much as it's been taught to me to yell all my life, I need to curb that shit. Nobody wants to be yelled at. Even if you're happy, even if you're not. Also, number two, yelling something rude. Shut up is really fucking rude. Telling someone to shut up is actually, is harsher in my book than cursing. Like being like, what the fuck do you, what the fuck are you saying over there? Is less, to me, is less than shut up <laughs> it's like really fucking rude you shouldn't be talking to me like that and so I was like Ugh. well first of all she did shut up but <laughs> with this I put my head down <laughs> I was like bunny I am so sorry I'm also teaching him how to apologize because I don't want you to walk up to someone and be like sorry and then walk away I want you to you know I'm so sorry bunny I just yelled at you, which I said, which is not a good thing. Not good. But I also then said something rude to you. And even if I felt like I, I would asked you to do something too many times, still never excused to be rude to anyone. And if I'm not supposed to be yelling, I'm not supposed to be yelling. It really doesn't matter what I'm yelling about. And she accepted my apology and Then I continued to like talk about the book with the little boys. And oh, so once I tell you I'm sorry, and then I tell you what I'm sorry for and why it was wrong, I also tell you what my plan is to not do it again. So that's the structure of an apology. So, and then so after that, I told her, I was like, I, if next time, if I'm feeling annoyed or frustrated and I don't want to hear what someone is saying, I'll take myself away from the situation. I should have gone in my room for a few minutes or I should have gone outside with the dogs. There are many other things I could do. I could take a break from this and go do instead of yelling shut up at someone. And she accepted. She accepted and she it was fine. And then I went on to finish the thing. And then a little while later she came up to me. and She was like, I also want to apologize to you because I kept interrupting you and repeating the same thing even though you asked me to stop even though you explained and when people do that it's frustrating because it feels like they're like she she laid it all out for me and then she was like and next time I feel like I want to do something like that instead maybe I can go in my room and write in my journal about how um a boy can't be a mermaid <laughs> um I think me and Bunny are actually going to read that book too so that we can talk about why Julian wants to be a mermaid and why that's not really an issue. Um, but when, when I'm talking about parenting, I'm talking about modeling my behavior. If there, if the, when I talk about the rules of the house, right? So we have house rules by making the rules, a house rule, as opposed to a, your rule. And this is exactly what my mother fucking did to me with the fucking note. We we can't have pets here because that's a rule of the house. (laughs) Even though she made the fucking rule. Um, It really does take away, like, if there's no running in the house, there's no fucking running in the house. So if I'm running in the house, then I, too, need to stop running in the house. And it makes it more universal. It makes it a family rule as opposed to something that's decided at my whims, right? So instead of, like, no yelling, except for when I want to (laughs) yell, but there's no yelling. So if I'm yelling, I need to model the same behavior. I need to correct myself. I need to, you know, and do the thing. So like, and that's all like, that's the basis of my conscious parenting. I have other things, but that's the basis of it. You know, I take what I I take what I can use and I leave the rest. But anyway, back to that. I don't buy kids new things. Well, my turtle got a phone. Also, I don't give phones to children that are in elementary school. You don't need a phone because kids in elementary school don't get to go places without me or without an adult. Like, there's no reason. Why, why do you need a phone? You, they all have like devices they can play on. That's fine. But you don't literally need a phone until you le- get into middle school because in middle school is when I start letting you go places without me, you can wander the neighborhood a little bit more. I still have boundaries. There's actually a really crazy man at the end of the street. And I don't want to use crazy is not an accurate word, but, um, he was threatening children with a gun. Um, he was telling uh my sons, they're with their little friends. They're, they're just like a group of five or six black boys that like to play together, various ages. And he was telling them that he knew that they had done something to his house and they had called the police on him. And he better, they better get the fuck out of here. Like I had to prevent, prevent. Like already the the neighbors had called the police on him and they were handling because apparently I wasn't my kids weren't there for the gun thing, but whatever. But I had to prevent my husband from going down there because I just felt like what can be done is being done. Anything you do is going to escalate it. And like, I just, just like, I don't want my kids and something like that. I don't want my husband and something like that either. And so like, he's part of the reason there are lots of boundaries. They can't go. Um, he's way down at the end of the hill and they can't go past this one house because I don't want them near him. Um, I don't even want him in his eyesight. And then there's a couple of other places they can go, but they're in middle school now and they can, they have, well, Turtle has a phone and Cheeks is getting a phone. Shh, don't tell him. Um, He's not supposed to get a phone to the end of the year and we're going to give it to him at Christmas because he is doing fucking amazing. He's, he's really, he's so fucking, he's showing maturity. He is taking his time with things. He is being like absolutely truthful even when he's in the wrong um he's he's like explaining himself he is like he's doing he's he's helping his little siblings he's doing really fucking well but um them having a phone in middle school helps because i allow you to go other places in the neighborhood and i can just call you and be like where are you i can facetime you and be like what's going on you can you can call me and be facetiming and be like can i go and so-and-so's house where well, what's so-and-so's house take a picture of the front of the house what street is that on who's in there okay well if their mom is there and they say you can go in that's fine but I need you home by the, like it's so much easier that's why they have phones in the start of middle school but I'm not buying you no new fucking phone what the fuck I look like daddy fucking warbucks so if you get a phone you get my old phone and I get a new phone I go to work I got a job. I got jobs. Okay, so I I not have time for this. And so, like, and so I do. So one of the gifts I need to buy, and this is, I went off on a lot of tangents to get here. But one of the things I need to do is I need to go buy myself a new iPad, and not the new version of the iPad, the ten. I'm not buying that shit. I don't want it. It's a hundred and thirty, hundred and forty dollars more than the nine and it's got a, a, a smidge of a bigger screen and that's pretty much all I care about. That's that's all it's gonna, sure it's gonna be faster. The new one's always faster, why wouldn't it be? But like, if I wanted to do all that, I buy an iPad Air and I ain't paying $800 for no fucking iPad. So no, and, there, and Apple's in the midst of like revamping like the iPad la- line. I'll wait two years, I'll, I'll see. So I'm gonna buy a nine, a new nine for myself. I'm gonna give the nine I currently have to bunny. She don't know. It's new to her. She ain't have an iPad before. Now you got one. Would you want a brand new one? Okay. So so I need to so I need to I got a TV to buy. I got some bikes to buy. Um and I got an iPad to buy. I gotta get that iPad in early December because can't find the bitches after um the closer you get to Christmas. Um I gotta do bikes on Black Friday. I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to buy I'm gonna get bikes shipped to me on Black Friday. And then, um, the TV, like, I don't know. I've never, I've never seen a Black Friday for, I don't go out on Black Friday. I'm not a Black Friday. I'm not like get up at four o'clock in the morning and wait for a fucking TV. That's not my, that's not my deal. I never wanted a TV that bad. I never wanted anything in my life that bad. Wanting things is not really a thing for me. Um, I rarely am like, I just gotta have a thing. Uh, you know what? This is also due to childhood trauma and also like, like people take things from you. And if you need things, then they take it from you and then you'll be asked out. So you don't need anything. You force yourself not to need things. Um, and also I grew up in the military and like my parents were serious that children pack their own shit. So if you have a lot of shit, you got to pack a lot of shit and I don't want to pack a lot of shit. So you need to own what you can move. That's what you need. So... (laughs) I would, I'd be 10 years old and be like, I don't know if I want that. Cause I don't want to pack that. <laughs> but I've never wanted anything bad enough to go to the store at four o'clock in the morning and stand in the line. And I just, there's no black Friday sale for a TV that I'd be willing to do a wild thing for. Um, the TVs are on sale about now. They're like 150 for what we're trying to get them and that's in the budget oh bear bear's got a baby bear bear's got some babies i talked about this on some other podcast i don't remember what i was recording bear bear's getting the bed for his baby also this is his birthday so like i'm mostly done with with shopping but i love the project management of that i love i have a fucking spreadsheet with every person's name that needs to be bought for what I intend to buy for them and then once I get it I change the the I highlight this the row and I and then on one of the columns I write how much I spent so that when I look at my children's I can I can compare the number of things I bought as well as the amount they cost and make sure that everybody's within 10 or 20 dollars you know and there's another column about for things to have to be I love this shit I fucking love give me an Excel spreadsheet and baby I'm fucking up like a pig and shit so I don't mind like I actually want that to be my job I love planning vacations and and Mr. Curtis is like uh, he's the muscle. I'll be like, okay, so now that I project managed this, now that I've forecasted this, it looks like on the 10th, you're going to need to be here and you're going to need to do this and blah, 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 blah. So I, I just want to put on like a hard hat and go out to the site and be like, so where are we with the beams? <laughs> and all that as a tangent to be like, you know, now that I know what the plan is, this is going to be our big vacation for 2023. Uh, it better be, we can't afford to go nowhere else, <laughs> so, <laughs> this is, the... <laughs> <Can> I... <laughs> I hope the children enjoy Thanksgiving, because there won't be no Christmas, because it's there. <laughs> hope they enjoy this Christmas, is the last one, so, <laughs> so, but now that I know, like, I'm gonna lay out, like, I'm going to estimate what I'm going to be spending for things and what it's going to cost so I can get a total idea and then I'm going to try and then I have a year. So I'm going to start putting money away for it like every month. And we'll be like, I need this for the vacation, I need that for the vacation. And so like I'm in a good spot for it. But yeah, my mom's just like, please don't go around asking people how much they contributed. And I was like, as the majority uh, shareholder in this vacation, I have a right to. I have a right to ask what the contributions are. I she I said I won't say nothing about it. I just feel like interesting. Mm, okay, cool, all right. I mean that's not what I did, but okay. You did that okay. I was I was forced to do this. And I know one of my brothers gonna be like nobody told you I had all them fucking kids. <laughs> We'll see. Um, I have been jabbering about fucking nothing. And I think it I think the reason I have is because this is the last episode of the season is it eleven? Season eleven of Bye Bumpkin. Because we're doing uh the mother dollar experiment, season one, episode eight. It is the one that took a while to come out. It it was supposed to come out and when this was, this was, when this was live airing. And I believe it came out like a month after it was supposed to. And we were like, where the fuck is the episode? And at the time people were speculating that Kim Richards, who were, if you recall, was in the midst of her, of um a lot of incidents due to her alcoholism. I don't think I'm, I'm, I don't think I'm being too bold by saying alcoholism. She had ran out of time. Tar- it's around Christmas. She had ran out of Target, without paying. I told you guys I did that one time. I don't know how it fucking happened. My husband told me never go to the Target again. <laughs> I this is a couple of Christmases ago. I was buying Christmas presents. I wanted to put them on a specific credit card because my goal is always to buy Christmas presents. If I have to use them on credit cards, to also have the credit card paid off by Christmas. So I shop early, I put them on certain cards, and when I got, so I, you know, I'm listening to a fucking podcast, I'm doing what I'm doing, I get out to the car, I look for the receipt, because I was like, ooh, did I, did I, I don't remember using that card, did I put it on the right card? I I can't find a receipt, and, um, it turns out I rang all that shit up, put it in bags, and then just drove, walked the fuck away, and left, and, I was concerned. I wanted to go back in. I called my husband. He told me not to go back in. I was going to jail. <laughs> and then, so he said, start that fucking car and come home and don't ever go to Target again. Get out of there. Get out of there now. They're not going to fucking believe you. I'm like, why would I go back in with all this shit if, I, if I'm lying? Why would I do that? He's like, Princess, logic does not apply to this. You're black. It's America. Drive. <laughs> so yeah, I, so I. Kim Richards I too maybe that's what happened to Kim Richards I don't know or she was day drunk and a lot of things were happening and she ran out of Target without paying um I think there was an incident with like a drunk drunk and she had a lot of stuff going she had a pending court case and I think she'd only done a couple of episodes of Beverly Hills because it just become a storyline this might have even been when Lisa Renner was like she's gonna die it might have been that back then um Actually, it might have been the season that she was really mad at Kyle, which I don't care about because Kyle's a bad sister. You guys, you know why I say Kyle's a bad sister, right? It has nothing to do with, I have a lot of empathy for Kyle having addicts in her family. I grew up with tons of addicts, which is why I don't do drugs and I don't, and I really don't like to drink. I just had to buy a bottle of white wine to make, to use for like dinner because I'm making something. Couldn't even figure out what the shit was. I, it's, it, I grew up around tons of alcoholics and not just alcoholics like they ruin Christmas because they fucking do, but alcoholics that would be like, well, we haven't seen Uncle Johnny in a while because he's homeless because of all the alcoholism. Like that type of shit. So like, I have a lot of empathy for that. I have a lot of empathy for um, Kyle growing up with her wackadoo mama. Um, I, ha- I got a lot of fucking empathy for that, with that. And also family dynamics are tough. The, like three sisters, one of which had to like kind of raise you and the other one had to like work uh, to pay for things and, and been through all the childhood Hollywood stuff. I don't want to have to put a content warning on it. So you just use your fucking imagination. Dynamics are tough, okay? I don't blame Kyle for that. I also don't do the thing that everyone's like, oh, um, uh, Kim had to support Kyle. Kim had to go on the movie set and work as a child so that Kyle could eat. Baby, Kyle was a child too. That's not her fucking fault. She didn't make that decision. The the, the adults made this and be mad at the fucking adults. I had to work too just she just didn't work as well and she probably and she she didn't work as much and and do as well as you did and she probably had to like deal with uh big kathy's uh constant disappointment about that too didn't i read somewhere i really need to go back to house of Hilton. i read somewhere that like big kathy and little kathy would went out and got drunk like in a hotel and little Kathy had to drive home her drunk mom like there's a lot of shit every I every person in there has a bunch of and that family has a bunch of fucking baggage but I think Kyle is a bad sister because regardless of what goes on between us I can have all the fucking shit with you in the world I will not let an outsider come in on this shit Lisa Renna will never be allowed to say shit about you, even on camera. Even if she's like, if we should, if we're on camera and filming, and she's like, "Well, I think she's got an alcohol problem," I'd be like, "Stop you right there, Lisa. I appreciate your concern, but I'm not gonna let you drag my sister and whatever problem she may or may not have on on this show. I'm not gonna let you do that. Thank you for your concern. You bring up my sister again, I'm gonna give you a fat fucking lip, and not from those lip injections." and so <laughs> kathy <laughs> kathy has a fucking meltdown i believe kathy had that fucking meltdown i believe kathy said everything they said she said i believe she said the f slur why wouldn't she she probably says it all the time i the, girl i believe it do i believe lisa renner was scared and it was just too bad for me to, no no lisa renner lisa renner your ass has been running around hollywood all this fucking time with the same haircut. And the same uh, uh, makeup structure. All, all that shit. All this time. I, I'm supposed to believe that whatever Kathy said was the worst thing you ever heard. That you get it? Girl, you repeat everything. What are you talking about? I believe she had to melt and I just believe Lisa's using it. And I'm tired of Lisa. I didn't say I don't want to be on the show. I don't want to see her no more okay but that said I mean you gotta have villains on the show she's a good villain so if I were the show runners I wouldn't be trying to get rid of her not unless she started doing not unless she started taking shots at the network and started like uh getting wild on the internet about production I wouldn't get rid of her I'd let her come back next year and be even worse because what so you I want my ratings to be high let me get bad people on here it's it's what it's the it's the game. But if Lisa Renna had come to me and told me what Kathy said about me, well, she said she was going to ruin your life and that she hated you. And that one time in 1974, you borrowed her barrette and never gave it back. (laughs) And all this, whatever she said, she hated you and all. I'd be like, okay, thanks, Lisa. What are you going to do? I'm going to go hand. I, you know, I'm going to handle my family business. Well, do you want me to go No. And I also don't want you to talk about it. And if somebody else hears about this, if you talk to someone else about this and you bring up on the show, I'm going to give you a fat lip. I'm going to hit you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I was raped right by big Kathy and big Kathy taught me how to Nope, I don't want to put a content warning on this. So <laughs> use your imagination. <laughs> so, so, um, yeah, she's a bad sister. And my and and you know what? I fully admit that I don't always have the healthiest relationships with people I love, 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 right? I don't have the healthiest relationships. But the way I deal with it is that I am oh, if I love you and you are my family, I am always on your side. I am always cheering for you even if I don't like the plays. I may not support what you're doing, I support you though. And if I need to tell you wrong, it will be behind closed doors. And I absolutely will be like, I don't like this. And I don't think you should have done that. And uh, it made it very hard to support you. But I'm not saying that I agree with everything they say, but I'm never going to let somebody else trash you. I'm just not going to. And so council bad sister, fine. Plenty of people bad sisters, fine. I just went around talking about how I was going to interrogate my niece about how much she paid to be there. And she's seven years old. I'm a bad sister, apparently, <laughs> and a bad daughter, and a bad mom, and a bad aunt. Own it, baby. So, <laughs> but um, at this time, back to Kim, at this time, Kim had a court case, and they, the word on the curb, and I actually went back to some of these articles and the Reddit posts and things like that. And I was very surprised. So the word on the curb was that the reason we didn't get the finale when we were supposed to get the finale, when we actually cared about the finale, because the, the show like, I don't know, it wasn't the most exciting show. We were looking for train wrecks and the, what, she was the main draw of it because at the time all that shit was going down with her. But um, the reason we didn't get it when we were supposed to get it is because she was threatening to sue about her, what she looked like on the show, like how it was portraying her um like she'd seen some of the episodes already and was threatening to sue or she was she was using influence to like she was basically threatening legal action to get delayed until after her court case I'm listen I don't know if that's true or not because it it, nothing ever came out like that there was like Heidi didn't tweet that so but we all just kind of figure we all assumed that. But the other thing that was surprising when I went back to these articles, cause I, I, what I was doing is I was trying to see if we ever got a definitive answer. Like someone said, like someone from production was like, yes, this is why we delayed it. What surprised me was that a lot of the comments were anti Kim. And I forgot about that, that one, listen, people don't care about addicts and, and, they don't understand addiction. I'll say we. We don't understand addiction. I think very few people understand addiction. And um, it's very hard to understand it when you're not, when you don't have one. And, or don't have one that way. And there's a lot of like, put yourself together, stop drinking, you're ruining your family. And, and. Like one comment was like, I just don't believe Kim could get get it together to try to per, to block this episode coming out when she can't get it together to stop drinking. I'm like, well, the premise of your comment is 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 false. Like like, what do these things have to do with each other? You are acting as if not drinking is the same as avoiding cake through the holidays that's this is different these are very different things and you know so many people still believe addiction is your fault because why did you start drinking in the first place or 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 you must have drank to excess and now that's how you got addicted you should have never tried cocaine you should have never tried heroin I've never tried heroin so why would you try heroin? you know a lot of that and um I always like what I think it is, is I subscribe to the theory that people get scared about things and they try to figure out how it was that person's fault. So then they can convince themselves it'll never happen to them. And maybe it will never happen to you. And maybe it will, you know, it's like when we hear about someone being assaulted or something we're like, well, why were you over there? what were you doing over there? Mm, you were probably over there doing something you hadn't had business doing. And maybe if you weren't over there and what were you wearing and who were you? Well, I would have never talked to a straight, you know that. And then, and then we can tell ourselves, mm-hmm, yeah, it was their fault. So this isn't going to happen to me. It's not going to be, my- it's that, um, there's a lot of that in the comments. Um, a lot of pro Kyle stuff, which is interesting because now at least my feeds and maybe it's because, you know, the algorithm. My feeds are usually not pro Kyle, and believe that Kim got a bad rap. Um, and when I'm looking at Reddit, and I think I went to Tiles because she was talking about some things. Um, and Tamara Tiles is so wild. Anyway, <laughs> I don't have time to talk about her, but, um. The, but those comments were very pro Kyle 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 has to do this and Kyle and, and Kim ruined it for herself and what is Kyle supposed to do and, and you know I don't like I just said I don't necessarily disagree with that. I don't think Kim's addiction is Kyle's fault I don't think Kim the, the way Beverly Hills was first pitched was first getting like put together was an I was like the Richard sisters. That's how that's the that was the kernel of the idea, which is why Kyle ends up being is the center of um the show and is being put in an alpha's place when she's absolutely a fucking beta. Um but can't like people think Kyle got Kim on the show so she can embarrass her with her addiction. And I think it's more like Kyle got, Kyle encouraged Kim to be on the show because Kim was fucking broke and needed money. And I'm sure there were times, I I fucking know there were times that Mauricio and, um, and Mauricio and, um, Kyle had to put in money, that Kathy had to pay for things. That I know that already, that you stole my fucking house. Um, argument is what that is, is that the mom died, the house, there is the house. Kim did not have the money to like, left it to all three of them. Kim didn't have the money to, uh, she needed money and they bought her out of the house. See, they bought Kathy. I think Kathy didn't care and they bought Kathy out of the house. And then once Kim got some money. She wanted her house back, but that's not how it works. She wanted to be like, I'll give you, that's not how it works. At the time, you needed money and they bought you out of the house. And so then it was, well, it wasn't enough money where it was a bad deal. Maybe it was, I don't know. But at the time, you took it. Like, obviously, I I keep saying, Cal's not a good sister, so I wouldn't be surprised if it was below market rate or it was whatever. But I also wouldn't be surprised if if you asked Colin, and she was like, she needed... (laughs) She, she literally needed $50,000 today. Like I had to go to the bank to go get $50,000 $50, and $1 bills for her. So, so we made a deal cause she needs this. And so that's what I gave her. Like, I I think things are far, mm, I think that's what I want to say. I think things are much more complicated than any pro Kyle people. I don't who are these pro Kyle people, but (laughs) pro Kyle people, anti Kyle people. I think it's much more new pro Kim and and Kathy guys. Kathy's a bad person. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I know she is doing what needs to be done. Right. Right. At the moment, she's what we're seeing on the show is necessary. And we're happy to see it, but she's a bad person. Like, like even if I say something nice about Kathy, Just note, I'm also thinking she's a bad person, like a really fucking bad person. I'm never on Kathy's side. I'm just maybe not on the, maybe, maybe the enemy of my enemy is my friend, you know, (laughs) something like that. But yeah, she definitely said the F slur. Definitely. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, But yeah, it's all, it's all more nuanced than any of these takes I always hear it's more nuanced than that there's a lot there's a lot of shit there's a lot of water under the bridge like we can't I'm sure if we talk about your family like unraveling all that stuff takes some time yeah but yeah all right let me let me talk about the show I'm supposed to be talking about so yeah we didn't get it for a little while and I also saw that Krista was threatening to sue after it came out because she felt like she looked bad I like mean, Krista I don't you came up here and said that you was in love, that you told your daughter's husband you were in love with him. Does no. I would never say some shit like that. No one could twist that around because I would never be saying something like that. Ever. So there's no like no way to to to, to present it in a way that's bad to me. Because saying I was in an emotional affair with your husband with my daughter's husband is no. But yeah, so um, it's not this episode. So I watched all the other episodes on Amazon. I bought them on Amazon. This episode isn't available on Amazon. I went over to YouTube and you can buy it on YouTube. Um, and that's where I got it from in case anybody actually wants to watch it. Um, when the episode, we're an hour in, okay, this is, this is what I'm talking about. This is what the fuck I'm talking about. So when I'm like, I'm tired. Oh my God, it took so long to to, to do the podcast. It's my fucking fault. No one to blame but me. <laughs> So we put, we pick right back up with Natalie's screen because remember she, she's fighting um, with her mom. And so she's screwed. like, she's like, kind of like, she's aggressively in her mom's face while her mom's trying to wash her face. And she's like, stop talking to me like that. This ain't your bathroom. Watch your words around me. It's like the way she talks when she's mad is to their mom is very different. And how Natalie talks like, oh my God. Like, that's how she talks normally. And then suddenly she's mad. She's like, what's your words, woman? Like, it's very, it's interesting. It's an interesting code switch. Um, Karen's like trying to walk away from her. She's chasing Karen down the, down the hallway with her, in her in her string bikini with her ass all out. It looked good. Her ass look pretty good. I mean, if you're just looking, yeah. I, I, nothing to be ashamed of there. And Karen yells, but not at Natalie, because Natalie's again in her face. She looks around Natalie. I don't know who she's talking to. She says, In about two seconds, you're going to see a mother and daughter fight. So, what we do see is Karen go to Shar's room and wake her up and say, Hey, Shar, can I put my stuff in your room? And Shar is like, Yeah, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Karen sounds like she's crying the because she's facing Shar. This is night vision, too, because the lights are out. And Um, she's facing Char, so I can't see her face, but she's crying. Char looks bewildered. Char, um, Char had on a sleep mask and some earbuds. Char was fucking asleep. I will tell you, I had to start wearing an eye mask because I started getting my eyelashes done. Um, I need them, the prosthetics, because... (laughs) I've never had eyelashes a day in my life and I am 30% cuter with them. And, (laughs) but uh, part of what I need to do is like just be more careful. Like as soon as I got these eyelashes, I realized I sleep directly on my face. I would have never told you that before, but apparently I do because I'm rubbing them off in my sleep. So I had to get an eye mask. And do you know, I started having the best motherfucking sleep of my life as soon as I got an eye mask, as soon as I got one. It is amazing. And I just want you to try one. The thing is, I have to put it on my face. So even though I'm like watching TV, you know, in a TV room from a very young age, it's been my little bye since I was like fucking three or four years old. And so I don't, I can't sleep without the TV. When I was a kid, even when I was a teenager, my dad would come in and turn off the TV when I was asleep. He would always, my dad would like check on us. So I, if I fell asleep and I woke up, my TV was off because my dad came in there and checked in on me and, and, and turned off the TV. But as an adult, I started doing like the timer on the TV because after a while, the, the worst, isn't it the worst when you fall asleep and then the TV's still on and you wake up and something crazy is happening on the fucking TV. It's like, ah, 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 you're like, damn, God damn it. So I put a timer on the TV. So every night I go to sleep. I put on one of my sleep shows. I don't need to explain it to you You guys know what a fucking sleep show is. If you don't know what a sleep show is, how did you find this podcast? If you're not in the TV so much, you don't know what a sleep show is. How'd you find this podcast? So (laughs) I put a 30 minute timer on and then I put my sleep mask on. And baby. So I can still hear what's happening. It's still, it's, it's, it's still a sleep show, but since I can't open my eyes and just look at it, I'm asleep like that and I'm a good sleeper anyway. Let me take that back because because uh, I'm not, we got to stop putting moral like descriptions on sleep, getting up early, being neat and tidy, Uh, like these are not. Like, whether or not your room is clean is not a moral, like, if your room is dirty, it's not a moral failing. You know what I mean? And if you don't sleep well, like, it's, it, it's fine. It's, it's not your fault. You know what I mean? Um, what I will say, so I'm not gonna say I'm a good sleeper. I'm gonna say I am someone who falls asleep pretty easily, right? Cause I'm always, you know how I, shit, I just forgot which, was it Avengers? Avengers? Was it Civil War? No, it wasn't Civil War. It might've been Civil War. The Marvel movie. <laughs> I know I don't have a lot of Marvelistas listening to this, but the one where Hulk, like all, all, fucking, all fucking movie, they're trying to make sure Hulk doesn't change. Um, what the fuck is his name? Bruce Banner. Bruce Banner. <laughs> All they're trying to keep him as Bruce Banner and not as the Hulk. I can't remember why. It has something to do with like, I don't know, he's gonna ruin something, he's gonna blow something up. I don't know. I can't remember. It's been a long time since I did my rewatch. And at the end, though, they need him to turn into the Hulk. And they're asking him to get angry or something, and he turns and he goes, Like, my secret is I'm always angry. And then they immediately turns into the Hulk. And the thing is, is that we're the whole movie has been about keeping him calm so he won't turn and then we find out he could have turned at any time. A lot of people are really mad about that. But this I just want a long way to tell this, but I am always tired, always. I'm always tired. I don't lean back when I drive in a car because I'll go to sleep. I will go to sleep, I, if I go horizontal And it could be two in the afternoon, 8 a.m. or whatever. I'm always fucking tired. And so I will just go to sleep. And that's why at the end of the day, everyone's all, not everyone, many people in my life all throughout the years have been like, princess, how is it that you, you touch the bed and you're asleep? And I said, it is because I am tired. (laughs) I did a lot today. I did so much today. I could list 40 fucking things I did today and I'm tired. So at the end of the day, I'm ready to go to sleep. So that, but that said, when you have the mask on, you do, you can't open your eyes to watch TV and then get enthralled in whatever you're watching. Best fucking sleep. And she's got those, uh, ear, those earbuds in, um, now I can do it without even thinking about it, right? But my husband is a horrendous snorer. He absolutely has sleep apnea. He absolutely needs a CPAP. He fucking absolutely so when he's in the bed, like my husband snores. I haven't I haven't heard him snore actually in a while. And I think it's because he's back all nights and I'm not really sleeping next to him. But he snores horribly. Horribly. And the first night we spent together, I just got out the bed. I was like, what the fuck? And he's like. <laughs> 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 I'm just like, what was that? How am I supposed to sleep? And oh, he's right in my ear because he's a cuddle bunny. He's got just. <laughs> I'm like, what? So, but within the first two years of being together, I just got used to it his family were always like how did you fucking fall asleep next to that i just do i don't i don't know i just do and to the it got to the point because he has sleep apnea and he stops breathing in the middle of the night that he would stop breathing and i would wake up i'd be like get up get up get up <laughs> i'd be like what i'd be like yeah, i thought you died you stopped snoring <laughs> um but so then we had a long distance marriage for some for over a year when I when it stopped being long, this is again when I agreed to move back to New York under duress very angrily. Um I hadn't slept next to him in a very long time and I had to get earbuds. I mean ear ear um what does this thing's called? Earplugs, excuse me. And I still keep them for like um Fourth of July and shit like that because people are ridiculous. But um I would go to sleep every night with earplugs in and I would sleep fucking good. And recently, so since I've gotten lashes, I wear the eye mask. And then during 4th of July, I put on earplugs and baby, I don't hear shit. I'm a fucking sleep within seconds. It's so fucking good. Consider getting an eye mask to the point. My husband has always said he couldn't wear an eye mask because waking up and being black, even though your eyes are open would like freak him out. He couldn't sleep one day. It was during the day and he couldn't sleep and I knew he had to go to work and I just went in the room and put my eye mask on him. This motherfucker fell right to fucking sleep, right to sleep and then woke up and asked me to order him one from Amazon. Get you one. Get you one. So when Charlotte's looking up, I'm like, oh, yeah, put your shit in my room. I was like, oh, she was asleep. She was, girl, she was she was deep in that. Then the next thing we see is Natalie looking for her mother, and she's like, oh, my mom's stuff is gone. My mom's gone. She took the mattress off the bed. She's like, mm, uh, what happened? I'm like, you don't remember... When you were like up in your mom's face and like you about to fucking fight her, like y'all are in a prison yard. You don't remember that shit? <sighs> Karen feels like they're back right back to where they started. And I agree, like that's a lot. In the morning, Natalie is in, is incredibly like is very contrite. She woke up with a with her stomach hurt because she was like, I did something last night, and she had to remember what it was. She goes to find her mom and apologizes and her mom is like, that wasn't right. And Natalie, to her credit, Natalie starts to argue and be like, but you, apologies don't have butts in them. You cannot say, I'm sorry, but you, apologies stand on their own. And if there's something you need to deal with, then you can do that separately. Here's an easy, so I just told, I told you what an apology consists of, what I'm teaching my children. It is you first, the first thing you say is I am sorry. Then you say why you're sorry. Then you say why what you did was wrong. And then you talk about, and then you talk about what plans in place, what commitment you're making to prevent this from happening again, or to make it, or to, um, what, or to make it better. And this, this is. I know it's a better word for that, but this is what I say to my kids. So how do you make it better? I broke your thing. I, I, I'm sorry because I broke your toy. I should not have done that because, um, breaking other people's things is disrespectful. And I also know that if you had done it to me, I would have been very upset. So I can imagine that you were very upset. I am going to replace your toy. And in the future, I am going to be more careful with your things or I will not touch your things. This is an apology. If at any point in that you say, but you're negating everything you said before that, if there was something that happened during the incident that you also want to talk about how you felt about, you can, after the apology, you can either do it, I suggest you do it a separate time. However, you can say, everything I did was wrong or, or, My apology stands on its own and everything I did was wrong. I do want to make sure that in the future when we are talking about things or our feelings that you don't spit on me, whatever it was, whatever it was, but like, I would like us to be able to talk about that better. Um, I want you to know that my feelings were hurt when you, when I broke your toy and you went in my room and broke a bunch of toys. I understand why you did that, but I also felt like, um, I also felt like it was too much and I also had my, like, you can do that, but you can't do it in the midst of your apology. And I suggest you not even do it in the same conversation with your apology. I suggest you take some time and do it. Um, so to Natalie's credit, she's about to argue about it. And then she goes, wait, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Never mind. I'm sorry. And I thought, I was like, that's it's so important that we make apologies without requiring anything of the person without expecting something. If you are apologizing and what you want is for then me, to apologize to you. And then if I don't apologize, you want to take back your apology. This is not, you, there was no apology in the first place. This is not the spirit of apologies. Um, just like when we give gifts, we don't expect things back. You give because you want to give. And if they give back, then that's great. And if they don't, then they don't. Um, but you can't, you know, Um, she actually goes to Char's room and gets Karen's things and moves back, including the mattress, and and um she's very contrite and she asks her mother for a hug. I don't think I've seen Natalie like this very often. Um I do want to say this. I've seen Natalie regret how she feels the next morning. But I haven't seen her as soft as this, the way she took that hug, the way she said she loved uh, Karen. I haven't seen her like that. Um, But if often at night when you're drinking and you do things or react to things or say things or interact with other people in a way you don't like, because in the morning makes you sick to your stomach, We should talk about the drinking, you know, um, I'm not a person that says that when you're drunk, that's your true person. That's your true personality. I might've said it in the past, but the more I live, the less I think that, right? I think inhibitions are down, obviously, And rather than focus on what happened and whether that's why you really think because it was on your fucking tongue and, uh, 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 you know, rather than focus on that, I want to focus on how we in the future, how can I not be around this person with no inhibitions who will say whatever to me and do whatever to me and in the morning regrets. We should talk about that. And I think it's fine for other people to say, I don't want to be around you after 9 p.m. because then you turn into Mr. Hyde. You stop being Dr. Jekyll and you turn to Mr. Hyde, you know? um, Yeah, like, <sighs> later, Dr. Deb, she uh, talks to Natalie about it. And I personally wish Dr. Deb had said, like, let's talk about the commonalities in these incidents Or in the morning you feel like shit and you feel like a way you don't wanna feel like that. What is the difference? The difference is in the morning you're sober. That's it, that's the difference. So what would happen if you just didn't drink for a little bit? Not forever, nobody said forever, but like what would happen if you stopped drinking for a little bit? Would your mornings be better because you don't have to talk about all the things you regret the night before? And if that's the case, what inf- what information can we glean from that? Um So we're at the final therapy session, it's the last day, and Courtney Stodden says, But we're not healed yet. Imagine we're on a TV therapy show for like 10 days or two weeks. Even though you line talking about it's eight weeks, it was absolutely not fucking eight weeks. Y'all didn't pack enough shit for eight weeks. When they were dragging Karen shit in and out, that's not enough for eight weeks. Y'all were there for two fucking weeks. Um, but imagine we're there, we've been on a TV therapy show for two weeks and we're not healed. <sighs> they talk about their fears of leaving there. Um, Krista is scared of interference. Um, mostly that her relationship with Courtney is going to be interfered with by Doug. Uh, Courtney is scared of repairing and they think they might be worse off after leaving there, which <sighs> yeah. Dr. Deb says that Krista is underestimating Courtney's betrayal. And Dr. Deb says that Krista has to accept that she is a mother who fell in love with her daughter's husband. Excuse me, with her child's husband. And Krista says, emotionally attached, she's trying to correct Dr. Deb. Courtney is starting to get upset and is saying, I can't take it. I can't do this. I have to go. They're pulling at their body. I'm assuming that they're looking for the mic to take off, but, and it was such an strange way. Like they were having some kind of out of body experience the way they were yanking at their body in their clothes. Um, it almost looked like a bunch of fire ants got dumped on them and, and they were trying to get away. So Courtney runs off crying and Krista is saying that she's tired of taking the bullet for Doug and being blamed. Listen, I've said this before. I'll say it again. I understand Krista. Like, no, I don't understand Krista. Don't get me wrong. I don't understand what the fuck Krista's doing there, but I do understand that Krista feels like she and Doug had an inappropriate connection. That's me minimizing as much as I can. I really do feel like I do feel like a line was crossed. I do feel like something physical might have happened. Maybe not sex, but I feel like something physical might have happened, but they've crossed an emotional boundary and Doug got forgiven, but Krista didn't. I get that. I understand that. Um, Doug's a man. We set lower standards for men. Courtney lives with Doug and Doug is their whole world. It's, Doug is their partner. Doug is the person that gets their coffee in the morning and uh, they share a bank account with. It's easier for Courtney to forgive Doug. Doug isn't their mother. So I understand why, well, I don't agree with, but I understand how Courtney did that. Because I would have left Doug immediately. If Doug was telling me that, that he and my mother were having conversations where my mother was trying to fuck him for the last year or two years. And he decided 24 months in to tell me about it. And then when I go talk to my mother about it, my mother's like, well, he wanted to have a threesome with me, you, and him. And he told me, he, like, and my mother's telling, first of all, Doug's gotta go. And I don't know when the next time I'll be seeing you, mom. Because I would have felt, I'm betrayed when when I have to hear about something and I find out I'm the fourth person I heard about it instead of the first person. I get betrayed that way. There's no fucking way for two years the two of you have been doing all kinds of wild shit behind my back and having all, and I don't know, I would be livid. There's no way. That said, I understand how someone as male identified as Courtney gets there. So, but here's the great thing. Shar. Um, Char like says pretty forcefully, um, we sacrifice things for our kids, Krista. And this one, you gotta take that bullet. In a talking here, Shar says Krista doesn't understand it, portraying your kid is the, the ultimate pain. Um, like the ultimate pain for the kid, not for you. And when Dr. Deb goes to check on Courtney. Um, even Heidi is giving Krista advice. That sounds good. and I would never take advice from fucking Heidi. And she says, you hurt her in an intimate, deep way that only you could hurt her. That That's it. That's, that, that's part of it, right? Only Krista. Krista's, listen, I talk shit about my mom all the time, but I believe my mom is my best friend. My husband's my number one best friend and my mom's my number two. And... There are things I trust with my mom. I wouldn't trust anybody else. Like you know, regardless of anything else that's gone on in our relationship with my mom, I feel like our relationship is re- really repaired over the last ten years or so. It's really grown like closer and tighter, and we would talk about anything. And I and, and we have a renewed commitment to each other. Um, I would never expect what Krista did to Courtney to be done to me by my mom it's no one no one would think someone would do that you know only you like your mother and this is not true for everyone I obviously know that but your mother is supposed to be the person that you can trust above all people that has your best interests at heart, no matter what your mother, you know? Um, Dr. Deb convinces Courtney to come back and to show Krista that she can't shut them down anymore. When Dr. Deb ends the session, she gives everyone a pink toolbox prop to take home with something in it to revisit, to revisit and when they need help remembering um, the advice in the future Karen gets headphones to tune Natalie out. Natalie thinks it's funny and doesn't think that Natalie, that Karen will be able to do that. Natalie gets an hourglass to take a second before she reacts. I think, um, I was going to say, I think therapy, but I think specific, um, Fuck! I just forgot the name of it. Specific behavioral therapy would be really helpful for Natalie because her reactions are over the top, aggressive, and affect everyone around her. And it affects her relationships. And I bet you we can get down to a reasoning, and the reasoning doesn't always matter. But I bet you we can get down to this portion where, where we figure out why Natalie does this and what we can do to help Natalie overcome those triggers would be like, I am not saying it's going to happen tomorrow. And and also like telling people just to go to therapy is like so vague and so unhelpful. Right. Um, Therapy's a process, there you gotta find someone that vibes with you that knows where you're trying to go. A therapist can be just as fucking crazy. They got all they all got problems. Didn't you see that TikTok where that lady um uh, was talking about how her therapist, the whole time she was seeing her, was being investigated by the state for stealing uh financial information of her clients and spitting it at, at like a psychic and she had been a victim and didn't even know it. Like <laughs> Yeah. But it's it's a process and you have to find people that want to work with you and you also have to find people that are that are in your budget and you also have to find people that understand it's it's it takes a while. And then once you find the right person that's in your budget or in your insurance network and has availability and has a philosophy that you vibe with and has an understanding of what's going on and all of that Then you got to get to work and that shit can take forever in a day. It's not that easy. I just, (laughs) but it's going to take forever in a day anyway. You might as well get started, you know, (laughs) Kim got a suitcase because she's strong enough to carry her own baggage. Kimberly gets a hall pass to give herself a break from taking care of all her mother's emotional needs. Darlene gets an egg because she walks on eggshells and Heidi gets a film thing. You know, that thing where they put in front of and they go cut, you know, and they chop the thing. It's called something. I forget. I'm not going to look it up either. Don't tell me either. I don't care. By the time you, by the time you message me or comment what the thing is, I will not even know what you're talking about. Um, Krista gets a map. Oh, that was to tell Heidi she's the director of her own life. And this is not a TV show. I'm like, okay, but then why'd you give her that then? Hmm because that's for a TV show. So uh, Krista gets a map and it's all over the place and she's not supposed to get lost in the details. And everyone's like, I don't know if that's what she needed. Um, Courtney gets a colander because they have lots of things going on. It's a reminder to sift through to get to the good stuff. Jessica gets a golden shoe to remind her to put her foot down. Josie gets a speed limit sign with the number 19 to tell her not to rush to grow up. Char gets a bird's nest with just the mother left. All the, all the babies, all the chicks have gone to symbolize that her birds will go away. And that's a good thing. Her, guys, the whole gig of parenting is to guide them into a place where they can leave you. They're supposed to leave you. And I'm not saying that they don't leave you done a bad job. Maybe I've said that in the past because, but I've also been spending more time with, uh, different types of people and realizing that not everyone will will live on their own and have it's it's not possible for some people but I will say that for most neurotypical people the goal is to guide them into adulthood and let them go and and you cannot hover over them all their lives now will I need to listen to this myself when my kids get older yes I will turtle's gonna be a teenager in like seven months babe eight months he's gonna be a fucking teenager we were talking about the other day and I tickled him to the ground and told him he's grounded for trying to grow up and everybody already knows in this house that if I find that you are trying to get taller than me you're grounded and turtle's trying to get taller than me turtle is five feet tall he's about to be fucking taller than me and the moment I look at him he's taller than me grounded so But yeah, I, I mean, I'm going to have to remind myself of that. But like, that's the gig. What did Electra tell um, B, um, Blanca on Pose? You want something that stays? Get yourself a puppy. They leave. They're supposed to. The kids leave. They're supposed to. Um, Cassie gets a compass to remember that she's in full control of her life. So pick a direction and follow her own path. And while Dr. Deb is giving like the closing like talk. She stands up and like Kim stands up and just starts wobbling and Kimberly's like oh she's gonna lay down she's gonna lay down and she almost falls and she kind of wobbles out of the room and like Kim Kimberly chases her down yelling mom and in her room Kim is saying she can't focus. And when she looks around, takes a while for her eyes to follow, she's lying there, She keeps going, she's tired, she's sleepy, she's dizzy, she's mumbling and stuttering. They call her paramedics, which is, I mean, what I do. Uh, they all watch as she goes into Kim's room, as they go into Kim's room, and Natalie's like hyped because they're bringing a stretcher in. I don't know. What kind of calls did they get? It seems like I bring the stretcher in if I got a call that somebody was weak and couldn't get up and and didn't know where they and couldn't focus and like how what am i walk them out they're gonna get on my back i'll bring a stretcher in just in case um it feels like standard operating procedures so you can see paramedics talking i'm surprised the paramedics let them film they're blurred out i think but i'm surprised because i think if i was a paramedic i'd be like um i don't want to be filmed thank you definitely cut that off (laughs) Um, you guys know I'm not like, I don't really follow YouTubers, but when I was on Twitter, sometimes I forget her name. I don't know her real name. It says little bitch. So, and I follow her. Liz did something with her and I started following her. Probably YouTube drama stuff, but she was I almost want to say reporting, but she was talking about, um, this one family, forgive me for not knowing their names. It's a racially ambiguous woman and a very light skinned black man and a baby. And I think he used to play professional ball or something like that. I don't know. But they had... The internet believes they faked a break-in to a home they couldn't afford anyway. And as I was like getting an understanding of of what had happened, I see that they had put up a video about the break-in and in the video, they're like filming a cop that comes to do to, like investigating the break-in. And many people did their research and like, Made a compelling argument that they hired that guy from casting, from like central casting. I don't. It's, it's been a long time since I since I was like, it was like my afternoon reading. I was like, oh wow, wow, this happened. But the evidence was pretty compelling. I was like, I, I, I would believe that they hired that person. But here's the other reason I believe they hired that person. Um, one, only one cop showed up. Patrol people don't patrol by themselves or when they do, it's not, it's very unusual. There's a reason for it. Patrol cops don't go by themselves. They go together. Two cops would have shown up to this, for you calling for this and cops don't let you film them. I mean, they can't stop you if you're in a public space, but if you call the cops to your house for a burglary and I can see immediately them being like, I don't want to be filmed. And they're here to to help you. I, I a lot of people wouldn't film them. Like there's not even a conversation where, I'm just saying cops are not happy to be filmed. And this guy seems very positive and seems happy to be. <laughs> so when I watched the video and I was like reading the articles, I was like, oh yeah, I'm pretty sure they had that person. I'm off on another tangent. Can you tell I don't want to talk about this? Anyway. <laughs> um, She, the, you know, it turns out Kim hasn't eaten anything all day. The paramedics are like, okay, well, then you should eat something. And she's like, I don't want to eat anything. She just wants to lay there and she feels the same way in an hour, hour and a half. She'll go to the hospital. Um, <laughs> All I'm going to say about. Kim Richards is if you don't think Kim Richards has some fucked up things about food and has some disordered eating practices, which is not me saying she has an eating disorder because I don't diagnose people, but she obviously, it's not hard to believe that she has, she has disordered eating practices and that she just doesn't eat sometimes. I also find like shit like this to be very annoying to me. You're about to fucking pass out. You got everybody in here worried about you. They've called the fucking paramedics. They're on their The paramedics show up and we find out that your ass isn't eating. And then when people try to feed you, you get, you're like, now, now, I, I think everyone should stand up for themselves. You should say what you need to say. in um, even in medical emergencies, if you don't want to do something, you don't have to do something, you have the right to refuse things, fine. But to me, it feels like she wants a lot of care, but she doesn't want to do anything about the situation. She just wants people to fawn over her. And in fact, um, we see Kimberly bringing Kim a lot of food, like a, 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 wide variety of food in the room with the door closed and you know she's caring for her and they interspersed this with Heidi and Natalie talking about how like reenacting like they they believe that Kim did this on purpose because Kimberly had just gotten a hall pass to like not have to like take care of her and she's like oh I definitely need to like do something to to offset this <laughs> and they, I don't know if that's true. I really don't know if that's true. But it, the the reenactment is very funny. Natalie's like, "I'm faking, I'm faking dying so that you'll take care of me." And Honey's like, "Okay, let's just close the door and I'll stay right here and I'll never leave you." <laughs> it was it was kind of mean, but it was funny. Um, the other ladies are dealing with their last night in the house. Shar says it's bittersweet, but she's definitely keeping in touch because she has everyone's number. I don't know about all that, Shar. I'd be interested to see if you actually kept in touch. Chris is happy to have made it to the end. Um, the morning that they leave, Courtney says it was so hard because she, they hadn't seen their mother in so long before this. Kim says that she was nervous. This is in the morning, by the way. So Kim, I guess Kim Kim survived the night. Kim says she was nervous because she didn't want anyone She didn't know anymore when she got there and uh, Heidi and Natalie mainly started fighting. See, the thing about this episode is there's a lot of clips, but there's only eight episodes I saw that shit. I hate clip shows. I only want my clips if you are disputing what's being shown on the the screen or if you're showing me something from like five seasons ago, not three episodes ago, but I understand these type of reality shows, I mean, they got to stretch. So... Kimberly also tells Natalie Nunn that she thought Natalie would be big and bad the entire time, but she's sweet and funny sometimes. What times, Kimberly? Name three times. Name three times she was sweet. Quickly. I'm sure they had a lot of downtime, and that's what Kimberly's talking about. But I don't know. I don't know how sweet and funny you can be. And I, 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 the juice ain't worth the squeeze for me all all the sweetness all all that shit we got to put up with at night once you get drunk enough to get buck with your own mother or or with cassie the weakest motherfucker in the house and you uh, that's not worth you giving me a funny scene with heidi every now and again. again that's not worth it um the whole point is they're all they're all grateful for the experience and they didn't know what to expect but they helped each other a lot and they are going to miss everyone um, this is how I feel at the end of vacations because <laughs> I want to go home. Um, I absolutely want to go home at all times. <laughs> I like being at home. I like my house this is where all the people I love and all the, all the things that I like are. This is where I'm most comfortable. This is where my bed is. I like being at home. My dogs are here. I like being at home. So on the last day of vacation, as we're like packing up to go, I'm always like, "Mm-hmm, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> It doesn't matter. I, I was like that when I was single. I was like that when I didn't have any kids. I was always like, uh huh. When are we going home? <laughs> then Dr. Debbie Downer shows up to the because they're having like a like a fancy breakfast outside, and says they have one more exercise. They have to write in these journals to admit what their faults were in the issues that they the mother and daughter had. Like what were your what were your faults, and they have to apologize. She needs to teach them how to apologize. Then they have to commit a plan to make it better. Heidi commits to never call it cutting her mom out of her life again. Uh, Krista says that she doesn't want to fight with Courtney anymore and that she's hurt. Courtney doesn't know what they're supposed to be apologizing for. Um, yeah, all the things that Krista listed were like, you didn't appreciate business. And like, I don't, it is nothing. Compared to what, to what Krista, what Courtney, um, is upset about. Also they're on the bed with that dog writing in the journal and they have on sunglasses. I'm like, you're not fucking writing. Can you see that? (laughs) Um, Dr. Deb talks to Natalie about the night before and how she's so upset that she had a little setback and she loves her mom so much, but she wishes she didn't act that way. She knows that when she acts that way, it doesn't like she loves her mom. So drinking Natalie. I guarantee you stop drinking. You stop having nights like that. Dr. Deb talks to each mother-daughter before they leave. It's basically a ring ceremony for marriage boot camp. It's at the end of marriage boot camp, they make they get rings, and you either have to give it to your partner or not to say you're gonna stay married or nobody's married on marriage boot camp. <laughs> just, We're gonna stay together. Karen tells Natalie she's gonna work on being there for her. Natalie wants to apologize for being ungrateful and going off on her and being disrespectful, and she doesn't want to do it anymore. They leave saying they are a work in progress, they have the tools, and it's a new beginning. And then they go to a car to leave, no luggage. You know that car, it's, it's an SUV, it's a, you know, you, you know that car drove 15 feet, maybe drove around the circular driveway of this fucking place. All right. And dropped them off on the other side. And then they went inside and got their bags and like went to the airport and Uber. You know that, right? Well, when they get in the car, there's these like necklaces or something that they're supposed to have. And they're really excited about that. They like, they came from Claire's. I'm not trying to knock, knock it. Uh, I like Claire's, Claire's costume jewelry. Sometimes is fun. Um, Especially the little stud earrings. I love wearing like like, little, little ladybugs in my ears or whatever. It's, it can be fun. I'm just saying that's where it, I wouldn't be surprised if that's where it came from. Um, and now that I have Bunny, Bunny loves to go there. We go there together and she is just like, I want everything in here. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember when I was a kid. Um, Jessica and Josie, Jessica apologized for not being a mother. Josie commits to letting her be the parent. Hey, whatever happened with that photo shoot with Josie? I don't remember that being resolved. She's there. So I guess they moved. I don't know. Anyway, they think they've grown. They are. They too ride 15 feet. And get a necklace. Shar <laughs> uh, admits to being too overprotective. And projecting onto Cassie. Apologizes for that. Um, Cassie commits to staying close. But also going her own way. And also like not being afraid to call mom. And stay. Like staying. Like no matter how far she goes. She's going to stay in touch. Which I appreciate. And. Shar should appreciate too. They say they're completely changed for the better. All right, well, calm down. I don't know about that. But I mean they had the least problems, you know. Uh Courtney tells Krista that they came here to find out the truth, but the truth makes them so angry. They feel used and betrayed and hurt. They don't think Krista was ever they don't think Krista has ever tried to comprehend how hurt that they are. Courtney tells Dr. Deb they came in the house alone and they think it would be best to leave alone. Uh, Courtney actually apologizes to Krista says, I'm so sorry. Krista says she's sorry that they are hurt and she never meant to hurt them. While Krista is talking, Courtney turns to Dr. Deb crying and asks if they can leave. Dr. Deb walks them to the door and Krista stands there looking like boo-boo the fool. Like they, we get a lot of footage of her cause the door is, has glass on it. So, Um, Courtney's outside with Dr. Deb and there's like, they make Krista stand there still and film her from the outside standing there, like kind of looking out the window, like, "Uh, are they going to come back in? Like (laughs) she looks, she looks stupid. Krista waits for the car to go around the circular driveway to pick her up and drive her to nowhere. When she gets in the car, she's crying. She sees the Claire's jewelry And says it's a wonderful gift. And says that she's going to wear it every day until Courtney comes back to her. I'm assuming you still wearing it. It's probably turned your fucking neck green by now. Here's a little tip. Put a little nail, clear nail polish on it beforehand. It'll keep it, you know, keep it from um, irritating your skin. You know, nothing wrong with costume jewelry. Just uh, you need to, you know, prepare yourself. Um, Kim apologized for taking too much care of Kimberly. What? what the whole thing is kimberly was taking care of you kim it's not it's not that you were taking too much care of kimberly when kimberly could have taken care of herself it's that you refuse to you well i mean she's got emotional incest with kimberly where she is asking a child to be to you're engaging with them as if they're an adult and emotional incest is not actually, I was <laughs> just reading about this. Emotional, I always thought emotional incest, incest meant you were asking a child to, to uh, you were interacting with your children as if they were adults. But I also thought it was like you were treating like your son, like he was your husband. But it doesn't necessarily have to be that, apparently. It has more to do with you You confiding in them, refusing to let them be a child, asking them to do things for you that adults should be doing for you. I thought that was interesting because that's not what I thought it to be. But okay. All right. You know, it. I was reading it in like, um, a reputable book by someone with degrees. So, I mean, I'm not going to argue with them because I don't have anything except for a TikTok degree. So, um, but still, the whole problem was that Kim, depended on Kimberly, refused to was codependent, refused to um refused to allow Kimberly's space to grow and be her own person because she expected Kimberly to be next to her and take care of her at all times. Uh no Kim you were not taking too much care of Kimberly she was taking too much care of you Kimberly apologized for making Kim feel weak by taking care of her okay they say they've been through so much but at the end they just as connected as they were before if not more I'm sure I'm sure y'all still doing the same thing the truth is Kim Kim looks like she has a good relationship with her family I don't think Kim is I saw this in a comment on reddit I think Kim is at her best when she feels needed by her family, right? Or needed by someone. That's why, like, she and Monty. um, Oh, my God. When I was reading these comments, girl, I forgot about Kingsley. Y'all remember Kingsley? That pit bull she was in a relationship with that was biting everybody up and she was hiding Kingsley and lying about stuff and kept getting sued? Remember that time her storyline was, I got a bad dog who I love and he bites people? Everybody else was on the real housewives of Beverly Hills and she was on dog whisperer because she couldn't show a real, you know I'm saying? There's nothing to show. Um, Kingsley. (laughs) Kingsley. Okay. Um, But, um, what was I saying? Oh, it seems uh, a comment I read that I thought went, uh, read came like felt true is that Kim is very, um, she's at her best when she feels needed. And so she does have a good relationship with her children, but it's because she's their mother and that when she has friction with them, it's because they're trying to uh, differentiate themselves from her. And I think someone who, you felt has been a good mother to you has given you lots of love has like been there for you. You've has had the best intention with you is not aggressive with you. I don't see, I mean, yeah, she puts her finger on people's face and she said, let's talk about the husband. But I don't think, I I don't think she's like that with her kids. I think her, she's more likely to be hurt and she's more likely to cry and she's more likely to. So, So if you grew up with a mother like that, when they can't let go of you, it doesn't always feel like, um, something bad that's all I'm saying and so but I she seems to have a good relationship with her kids a close relationship with her kids um I mean I don't know how, I don't know how healthy her relationship is but how healthy is anybody's relationship I I just don't think Kim or Kimberly really I think they we needed some money I think that uh court cases when you're still in Target are tough and expensive and we needed some money and we thought we were going to go in here and just ace it all. And that's what we did. That's pretty much what we did. We lied a lot and we buried a lot and we, you know, Heidi and Darlene are last. darling says that to be a mom is to accept your children exactly as they are. Okay. I think to be a mother is much more than that, but I think that's a part of it. I think that's one of the hardest parts because people think of children as objects that they own, right? Right. They are human beings. Um, they think of them as a reflection of you, but really they're a reflection of themselves. And do you affect the way you develop and sure. But also they're their own person. And you must accept that they are. They're not always gonna wanna do what you wanna do. They're not always gonna like They're not always going to handle things the way you want to handle them. They don't, they're not going to have the same opinions. That's why people love babies. You can project whatever the fuck you want on them. You can be like, this baby totally agrees with everything I say, but a 10 year old, maybe not. Um, but part of being a good parent and I'm trying to do, I mean, I know that when I'm talking about myself, I'm talking about motherhood, but I am trying to be more less talking about like when it's universal to parenting, I should say that as opposed to focusing on mothers because dad's parent too, or should parent and we should expect them to. Um, so to be a good parent is to accept that this child is not an extension of you. This child is not a pet. This, they're a person and they're going to be who they are and you must accept them for who they are. Um, I don't know what's going to happen with my kids, but my hope is that I am there to support them along the way. Um, I'm in this for the long haul. If you're going to do prison time, I'm going to be writing you letters. And if you're going to be present, I'm going to be there at the inauguration, either wherever you go, I'm going to be there, but I need to accept that you get to make your own decisions. I need to accept who you are. I need to, I mean, and I'm not talking about, I mean, there are situations in which, um, Maybe you have to cut off your kids. I just, I can't think of any that might happen to me. I really can't. Um, But that's me, you know, whatever. I got my own fucking problems. So, um, um, Darlene apologizes. Uh, Heidi apologizes for holding on to the past and being selfish. They leave pretty happy and they feel excited and thankful. And they too like the jewelry from Claire's. Um, Maybe they know about putting the nail polish on it. I don't know. But okay, that's the end. That's the end of it. Um, I think I had a good season. I enjoyed it. I'm glad. I loved. You guys know my the reason I like to talk about reality TV and documentaries and all that type of shit is because I like the way we as humans interact with each other. I want to know the why's. I want to see the behavior. I want to get into that and I felt like this was a good series for me to do that and I enjoyed it. I have a sneaking, so this is the end of season 11. I have a sneaking suspicion where we're going to be making season 12 and since I'm the one that makes the decision, that's why I have a sneaking suspicion because I've been thinking about something and yeah, when I'm ready to announce it, I will. So next week when we get back, we're going to be doing some bonus episodes. I'm not sure. I actually am sure I have it plot it out it's just not in front of me so we just have to wait till next week i'll see you then later